I got an idea. How about you just shut up? You just shut up. Maybe change your game, best player in the world. <laughs> you can't just outscore opponents and win games in the playoffs. No. Said, said the guy who's won one playoff series in the last decade. And it was against the Leafs. Fart. <laughs> oh, wait. No, you're talking about the Tampa one. Because yeah. Columbus beat Tampa. Yeah. But then, and then the fake playoff series against the Leafs. The fake playoffs doesn't count. Fart. We should uh, go easy on the Leafs. They were a lottery team two years ago. What? Is that what? The Leafs were a lottery team two you, years ago. Are you talking about when they gave up their first round pick to Carolina? No, they the year they lost to Columbus, they were in the lottery. Oh, Kyle God. Dubas was on TV during the draft lottery. And all of the, oh, everything That's I true. just said is factual. Oh, my God. The Leafs. I a forgot year, about that. A year and a half ago, were a lottery team. And Let's now go easy on they've them. won 10 of their last 11. And the only game in their last 11 that they lost is one that I was there for. <laughs> because this is about you. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this. Super Duper Pooper who's, Network. Who's, it doesn't stand for Steve Nagelpie. It's Super Who's Duper on Pooper the Network. card? Who's on the bottle? Who's on the mug? <laughs> Me! Imagine if I was like that. We should have a contest for who can come up with the best acronym meaning for SDPN. Super duper. Does that be a contest? What are we giving away? Poo. New. Nope. I don't know. No. We'll figure it out. Network's the last word. But what's the SDPN? Super duper poo network? Super duper pooper network. It could be anything you want it to be. We'll figure it out. Connor McDavid says before the game, maybe I should just shut up. And then proceeds to destroy the team he's playing. Now, it really doesn't matter who Connor McDavid's facing. What he did last night and what he's done for the last couple of games, where he just walks through people. And the uh, and honestly, the, the goal that prompted the conversation for John Tortorella to tell him to shut up led to one of, I think, the more interesting moments in Connor McDavid's off-ice career, mm -hmm. which was yesterday. Connor McDavid doesn't say much. He, you could tell he's frustrated. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes it's during the headlights look when he's upset. He also didn't ask for this moment. No, this is not a moment. This was foisted upon him. He, he, he <laughs> like did. Like retirement on Jerome McGinley. Oh, how dare you? <laughs> That's Hockey Hall of Famer Jerome McGinley. No, because McDavid made these comments, but they were some months ago, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Sure. And it just happened to be brought up on ESPN. And now all of a sudden he's at the center of this story that he didn't really say anything for. Because John Tortorella, I mean, it's the right move to have John Tortorella on TV. Mm -hmm. He does get a reaction, doesn't he? Even when he's not yelling and screaming. Well, so so this is this is the thing. Um, I I think that Connor McDavid saying, "I guess I should just shut up." That's mm -hmm. the key. That's the key to this. That is, and and people were actually debating me on this on Twitter. I'm like, literally, you can throw anything on Twitter. You can be like, "This is the color red," and people be like, "Actually." It's more of a, a light orange. Yeah. That's why it's not a good place for conversation. 100%. No. So it's bad for your brain. Connor McDavid yeah. said something. <laughs> Connor McDavid spoke up and said, and what do we always say about change in the NHL? What does it take? Uh, several generations and a lot of complaining. Okay. But also the star players <laughs> to step up and say something, right? Oh, yeah. That's why my answer was more right. 
My answer is the thing that happens. Your answer is what should happen. What should happen. But it's not going to happen unless the star players speak up. You know, we talked about it last episode. You talked about Sidney Crosby judo flipping a guy on the Capitals, which actually happened. Happened. And, you know, he had to adapt his game. And and McDavid is like doing the flying Gordies with his elbows, right? He's Mm -hmm. just dropping elbows like it's out of style. And it's funny. You shouldn't have to do that. Right? No. Mm-hmm. He should. He not have to do that. That's the evolution in his game. The amount of people, <laughs> the amount of people who did not take that statement for what it was. They're like, he didn't say anything. He just repeated what Tortorella said. Fucking exactly. Exactly. Why? That's the point. No, it was a dig at Torts. Like yes. he clapped back at the guy who told him to shut up. You know why? Because Torts is wrong. Yeah. And the idea, but now Torts is correct about the NHL, but the sentiment, the theory, the whole reason behind it is wrong. You ever get a tweet from someone and you're like, I wish I would take your license away right now. Yes. Anyone who's all he did was repeat it back. At you, I, I don't feel safe on the road with you. I don't. I don't. No one should. Give me your license right now. You're not competent enough to operate a motor vehicle. If you don't understand the nuance of holy shitting what he was talking about. And the other thing, Adam, mm-hmm. goodness, I'm so glad that yesterday people... They pulled out their box, Mm -hmm. their big box, full of receipts. Oh. And the receipts are full of numbers. Mm -hmm. And you know what the numbers said? Mm -hmm. Connor McDavid draws more penalties than any other player in the NHL. No, they didn't say that. They did say that. That was sarcasm. Nope, they said it. Who said that? They pulled out the numbers. Okay. And they showed it to Mm -hmm. me and they said, explain this. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Nope. Explain this, stupid. I don't think that happened. It happens. Okay. It happens. They said he draws more penalties than any other player in the NHL. Explain that, smart one. And at that moment, the compartment in my brain containing my fucking memory of all the shit I've seen exploded. It just blew up. And I instantly forgot every instance of Connor McDavid ever getting mugged, Mm -hmm. particularly in the playoffs. Ever and and it going uncalled. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad that that number you put in front of me just sent a missile into my head and blew up those pesky memories of all the shit I've actually seen with my own two eyes. Again, give me your license. Holy shit! Stop shaking. The- no, I shan't. The the guy with the subwoofer is gonna be really mad. This really episode. Mad. You know what? Give me the license, subwoofer guy. <laughs> no, no, very nice person. No, I'm trying reasonable. to, I'm trying to That's lower the lower range. I'm trying to get rid of the lower range of this yeah. podcast so we don't disturb the subwoofers out there. Fine, you keep the license. Here, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> it's called the brown note. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> that is one of the funniest episodes of South Park ever with Kenny G. Okay, for how many listeners did your bumper just fall? Off? <laughs> so, so people are saying that he draws more penalties than any other player. Yep, we even didn't weep. But in the playoffs, he drew zero penalties. What? In the playoffs last season, he drew zero penalties. Jesse, for oh, the Jesse, ignore the facts. The facts you're ignoring the facts, which are he he takes he 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 draws the most penalties. No, but he drew zero. Yeah, but the in facts the are that he draws the most. The only place that matters in Stanley Cup playoffs, he drew zero. I'm well, sorry, but he draws the most penalties. If we're gonna talk about zero, how about zero zero one hundred percentile? That's what he's in during the regular season for penalties drawn. He's in the one hundredth percentile. He's one of one. <laughs> Answer that one, stupid, <laughs> dummy, big dummy. 
<laughs> How do people get through the day? Okay. <laughs> My God. Yeah, when we talk about hockey stuff, I'm like, I'm so glad I'm not a politician. <laughs> Can you imagine <laughs> the way people debate shit now? I'm like, I could never do this. Like sometimes in hockey, I'm like, I gotta, I gotta delete this app. This oh, is insane. I, I one of the yeah. best things I ever did for my own anxiety is I stopped going on public freakout on uh, mm. Reddit because it oh, it was fuck. just people at. You know what they love in the states is a good old podium having like a uh, uh, parent teacher meeting. Oh yeah, they love mm -hmm. having. Hey, you know what'll help our very tiny local school if 100 actually out of their mind people come up to the stage and give us exactly three minutes of their zany opinions that that is actually it's happening more and more the new york times did a huge expose on that we won't get into it but my girlfriend's been like completely enraptured by that so by virtue i've been absorbing it and they've done like a podcast series and article series on like like think tanks infiltrating the school system. Mm -hmm. oh, it's crazy. Well, and how do you, I always think about the people working those events. Oh God. And I'm like, how do you possibly for six, seven, eight hours a day, sit there and actually pay attention? How do you not just, mm -hmm. I went to school for this. 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 How do you not just disassociate for that entire time to the do. point where drool is actually dribbling down your chin? When it comes to this type of debate with McDavid though, Thank like you. there isn't this is this is why adam gets the big bucks there isn't there is not an argument here mm -mm. it there is not an argument to be had here numbers there's there's one there's no argument. So there's one <laughs> there's, there's one argument there's no argument shove it up your ass like there is sometimes on a subject the truth is the truth and there is no two ways to look at it and this is one of those times what's the truth the truth is that of course, Connor McDavid draws the most penalties in the regular season. He's always got the puck. Uh -huh. and they, they can't stop him. And then on top of that, in the playoffs, what do we know? The rules change, everybody. Yes. The rules change and the penalties stop coming. I wonder why that is. Could it be because they call the game differently and they never admit to that openly? I guess it is. And the rules work in, first of all, it's not just a McDavid thing. It's a star player thing. Sure. So it's basically take your favorite team, take your team's best player, Am I talking about them? Yes, that one. But I, it works in the inverse. Because I remember Justin Bourne writing an article. It's it's amazing how often I bring up his work. Like how often something I read of his years ago is still in my brain. But he was talking about Dustin Bufflin, who for a very long time was one of the most penalized players in the entire league. And the point that he made, I think it was on his famous list, players you don't want to play against when you're hungover. Oh, that's it, a great list. It's what a great idea. Like Brendan Gallagher was on oh. it. The Sedins. Oh, like, it was yeah. it was great. Um, but basically, for every penalty that Dustin Bufflin takes, and he takes more than it, almost anybody else, for every penalty to, that he takes, there's three or four that they don't call because they're not going to call them all. Right. They ju they're just not going to call them all. So when everything you do is an infraction, it's cool because you're going to get away with it like 80% of the time. Play yeah. the odds. Play the odds. Hack and slash everybody. Take the amount of penalties Chris Pronger got in his entire career and at least quintuple it for what he should have got. That dude would, he could dry clothes on your spine. Gring, gring, <laughs> in front of the net. <laughs> that dude was playing the xylophone on Spooky Scary Skeleton. Can, I ask, can I ask a serious question about that, though? Sure. 
Okay, I understand the rule where you can push off a person yeah. mm -hmm. uh, because that's always existed. But why do we have to accept NHL stars getting cross-checked at all? and Or, or NHL players getting cross-checked at all? Like, I'd be fine with them getting away from the push-off rule because so many... So many defensemen use that as, a, I'm just going to break my stick over your your hips. Yes. And I, I don't think, like, let me ask you seriously, honestly, mm -hmm. what does it add to the game to make it more entertaining? If you, if you push somebody off with your stick, what you're doing is you're separating the bodies. What I'd prefer is to see a defenseman physically with their chest and shoulder move a guy out of the way of the net. Yeah. That, to me, is far more compelling than, than this, this clean and jerk thing that they've got going on. Yeah, I would never play that way obviously but because i'm a bad player if i was getting paid millions of dollars and my livelihood was on the line that's what i would do yeah because mm -hmm. i'm shit mm -hmm. i'm garbage at the sport if i was actually strong on my skates i'd try to shove the guy but i'm not so i'm going to literally blunt force try to break my stick yeah Stick on the guy. Yeah. Right now in hockey, there's a whole other game that's being played when two players are in front of the net. There's you're jockeying for position to block the goalie and get the other guy away from the goalie to not block him. So in the rules right now, you're allowed to do anything in those in that area. Yeah. When you're in the little crease area in front of the goalie, you can do anything and they're not gonna call it because it's understood that right there is war and yep. you guys can do anything with your equipment or your sticks or your pushing and get them out, out of in front of the net. And let's not mince words. This is not tough versus soft. This is good versus bad. Mm -hmm. yes. These guys, they, these guys yeah. do this because- They're not good. They're not as good as the other player. That's why. Yeah. That's now there's occasionally the retaliatory penalty. A lot of Montreal Canadiens fans are going to say for every Ben Sherratt cross check, Austin Matthews gave it back. And you're right. But it's this is what it's about in front of the net. It's 100% what it's about. And NHL officia uh, officiating can't even fake it for God's sake. They didn't even last to Halloween with those cross checking calls. They didn't even last. I forgot that was even a thing. So did they. Yeah. Wow. Well, anyway, Connor McDavid continues to destroy people, uh, but I would like to see him do it more. This has been really Even against good the Leafs, if that's what it takes. for the game of hockey, though, because this is the best player in the world, and this is him saying something in the media. It matters. This, this has been cool to see because it happens so often in every other sport that finally there's a narrative in hockey surrounding a, a good player going back at somebody in the media and them and then them going on the ice and proving that they're the best player again. Incredible. It's been great. What we Incredible. saw in basketball was Kobe Bryant and the Lakers were willing to take it on. Kobe Bryant and the Lakers were not okay with the, the calls that were being missed on Kobe, so they submitted a, a, a sizzle reel of, of Kobe Bryant getting slapped around on his way to the rim, and the league changed the way they officiated along with some other things. Players in the NHL notoriously do not want to take on stuff like this. They don't want to take on anything other than playing hockey. Fair, fine, whatever. But do you think the star players in the game, does this die here? Or do the star players in the game start to say, yeah, I think we got to make some changes here. I would like to see this because the ball's rolling now. If they mm -hmm. take advantage of it now, you actually could spin this into something. But if they don't, I have this, the, 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 sometimes a lot of this stuff in the NHL just kind of, it lies dead. Yeah, because the NHL does make concerted efforts to stop the ball. So how are how is this going to come back in the Oilers now? Oh, you mean like it'll come back in a different way? <laughs> oh yeah, because it, no, there could it's that'd be awful. It every everyone joins McDavid unless McDavid is made an example of, and I think that might be coming. There's no way they like their club. Big fan, big fan of the club. They, well, that is true. They do like their club. The only way it's it, terrible for the sport of hockey. 
Yeah, what else well, is new? Yeah, so were three lockouts. Wait, yeah. Well, <laughs> what, you just get here? You want help with your bags? Uh, like, saying, be, it would be awful. Like, that's the complete opposite direction Imagine. of where this needs to go. Yeah, you know what else would be awful? Canceling the Stanley Cup. What? They did that. Remember, they canceled the Cup for an 0405. No, oh, you mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. the yeah. entire year. That, that, yeah. that was unthinkable. And then they fought yeah. it. And they said, okay. Yeah. Well, and they changed the rules. And rather than have the players adapt, the uh, officiating just slowly regressed over time. Um, you, uh, you know that year, that 0506 year, uh-huh. where everyone scored bananas amounts of goals and Crosby versus Ovechkin single-handedly saved the league? Mm-hmm. The league literally looked at that and went, that can't continue. <laughs> <laughs> the most entertaining season of hockey we've seen in a generation. Nuts to that. We're done here. And they slowly went backward over the course of over a decade. The people who run the sport are fucking dumb, man. Like, let's just, let's say what it is. I'm oh. excited to see what the commissioner after Gary Bettman does with the NHL. It'll be fascinating. Yeah. Because it does, I'm, it I'm does not. make a difference. Mm-hmm. Like you look at the difference between what Major League Baseball was with Bud Selig and now, and then you know uh, uh, um, David Stern and Adam Silver. And you could argue David Stern was one of the more progressive uh, commissioners at the time. But with what Adam Silver has done, as he's not perfect, but boy, is he a lot different. It's yeah. been tenfold. Yeah, and yeah. I would love to see what the NFL looks like without Goodell. I we think- now present. New NHL commissioner, Bill Daly. <laughs> Goodell gets shit for everything he does off the field. But the on-field product of the NFL, I it's think amazing. it's never been better. I think, amazing. like, he's he's blown blown me away with what he does on the field in terms of just, like, they the most important thing in football is the quarterback. And they have gone so far in protecting the quarterback that now it's ridiculous. But that's that's what he's tried to do. He's tried to grow the game. And he's he's done it by just tripling and quadrupling down on protecting the best player in the yes. game. Yeah, so yes, I, I wanted so to ask kudos about that. for that. I want to ask about that because as not a football guy, I only get like side glances at mm-hmm. at the news. Is it has it been an overcorrection then? It has. The, it, yeah? It's been it's been a crazy over overcorrection where in terms of this season, there's been some plays that have affected the game because what they've done, they've taken away the ability for anybody who's tackling the quarterback to uh, do so aggressively which is the only way to tackle someone in yeah. football. And sacks so, are down, right? The sacks are down, and and the the main thing that they differentiate here is they don't want you to put any pressure on the quarterback's body when you're bringing him down. So you can't land with your body pressure on the quarterback. You can't hit him, um, you can't hit him down low either. You can't hit him through the legs. So the really... Well, how do you the, hit him? The, that's that's well, the exact want- debate that's happening in the NFL because defensive players are getting these, these uh, roughing the passer penalties constantly because they're just trying to tackle how they've been tackling for the first 25 years of their life playing football. And now that's illegal in the NFL. So that's the new rule because they want the quarterback to survive. They want the quarterback because that's the, that's the thing that drives the NFL game. They want us to be, be protected. So they've created this obtuse rule. Okay. So do you think they go back a bit on that? No. no. I think they they say you guys got to adapt because that's that's who's driving all the re- revenue for us. And that's what makes the game exciting, having a great quarterback. Interesting. Uh, well, and look at you think Tom Brady being the best quarterback of all time hurts football? <laughs> uh, Tom, probably, well, Tom Brady would not be playing today if it were not for some of those rules because he would have got hit. Yeah. When was he 100%. drafted? 
Oh, Nin- God. 99. 99. And he's... <laughs> Dude, I remember, I remember watching the first Super Bowl with him because Bledsoe started that year. Mm-hmm. And then like three games in, they'd like lost. And then he came in and they he just won everything else. Oh, I remember, yeah, watching the Patriots Clearly. as like a child. Yeah. And they beat <laughs> and the Rams too. And everybody's like, oh, it's the Rams. Yeah. Like, again, they're going to back, repeat, repeat, repeat. Was that the one where the guy was at the one yard line? No, that's uh, that was the one before. Oh, that was okay. Eddie George, your Jersey namesake. Yes. Um, that was, that was when the Rams Seamus. won. They beat the Titans. Mm-hmm. Oh, Kurt okay. Warner, Marshall Falk. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Isn't it hey. funny that I don't know that? <laughs> the one football thing I probably should know, I don't. Yeah. 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 Oh. And then they're like, you know what, St. Louis? Fuck your team. Yep. We're taking it. it back to LA. Too bad. Um, yeah, the family that owns the the Rams, apparently they weren't very good to the city of St. Louis. Oh. Yeah. yeah. That's a shame. Yeah. Oh, wait a second. Are you talking about billionaires not being good to people? <laughs> No, but I'm sure I'm they have sure such they, a great reputation. But they're yeah, but they're no. philanthropists. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, they give money to charity, so we can't criticize. Them. <laughs> yeah, are you guys referencing somebody? Everyone, no. everyone okay. ever. Actually, that's the thing. We're not. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of people you could put into that. Hey, so I want to I want to go through this, Jesse. What's I sent up? you a big readout on what I want to do with uh, just how I want to navigate Jim Benning and the Canucks here. Okay. So there are some clips in there, and I'll throw to you. I just sent you an email. Just oh. it's in your Gmail. Just a heads up. Do, do you need a minute to set? No, no, okay. no, no. We'll do it on the fly. Jesse, Steve, Je- dude, how dare you? Well, Jesse, that- what do we, we work together since you and me in every studio every day for like what since 2014? About that, we can manage it. Wow, since sure. uh, Jim Benning got hired. Interesting that you say that. Now, Steve, what you've said it how many times before, and it was a viral tweet not a day ago. What's the safest job in the land? National Hockey League general manager. If Where? you're in Canada, it's right. the safest job in the world safest job in the world should we go through the list let's go through the list go through I, the list i can do it off the top of my head i want you to count it down from shortest to longest okay uh ken holland mm-hmm. was hired by the oilers in 2019 mm-hmm. kyle dubas was hired by the leafs in 2018 but but 16 is the agm or 15 uh, is 14 the 14 is the 14 um pierre dorian was 2016 with the sens uh, then it was jim benning in may of 2014 with the canucks Brad Treliving in April 2014 with the Flames. Um, Mark Bergevin in 2012 with the Montreal Canadiens. And Kevin Dayoff from day one in 2011 with the Winnipeg Jets. I was thinking I was thinking about something with Jim Benning. And everyone's piling on top of him. And we're not being hard enough. <laughs> I was trying... While I was actually, because I was watching his press conference. And we'll go through it all, by the way. I'm just. And we will go through it. It's. I said this in like at least 2016. It's cruel and unusual punishment to parade this man in front of a camera. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. It's mean. We'll talk about that moment. I know what moment you're referencing. We will get to that moment. Don't don't bring it up yet. Because it is icing on the cake. That I'm not even being sarcastic. I feel genuinely horrible for this person. He's not meant for that. No, for God's sake, no. Not meant for that. And, but we'll get to it. But while I was trying to find the Canucks uh, brownie points, and, and, and as a Rogers employee, I'm very aware of uh, these trends on account of 2014 is when uh, Rogers got the rights. Mm. It was a 2014-15 season. And since the beginning of that season, okay, so you got the good teams. You got the surprise teams. So the good teams, we're we're talking the the lightning, we're talking who's who's won who's Boston. won cups. Boston, they've you know Chicago been to the was good back then. L.A. Chicago was good was back good. then. Um, yeah, 
Tampa's been good the whole time. Pittsburgh got a couple cups. Yep. Washington, those are the good teams. Then there's the accidentally good teams. San Jose, by the way, you should put in that good team. San Jose, absolutely. They just didn't get over the hump. Yep. Um, the accidentally good teams. St. Louis. Uh, St. Louis is interesting. They're yeah. always in the... I'm, get, I'm taking a shot. St. Louis is always in the <laughs> Yeah, playoffs. but they did They're go always from, from last to first, yeah. so that's interesting. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens, accidentally good. Then, that was actually accidental. Yeah. St. Louis was intentionally good. Then there's the teams who, and maybe I'd put St. Louis into this category, sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. You mm -hmm. know, sometimes they're competitive, sometimes not so much, they got to take a year off, whatever, whatever. Then there's the rebuilding teams, the Ottawa's, the Arizona right now in Toronto a very did. big way. Toronto did. Toronto was a lottery team uh, a year and a half a ago. Year and just a half so everybody ago. knows you, that Toronto Maple Leafs were a lottery team. Ron Haynes, he's a millennial. God, that kills me, <laughs> and that kills me too. Uh, there's the rebuilding teams. Then there's the worst category in the National Hockey League in professional sports. Mm -hmm. Bad by accident. The Vancouver Canucks, since the beginning of the 2014-15 season, have to lead the entire NHL in bad by accident. How many bad on purpose seasons have they had since the beginning of the 2014-15 season? Since maybe Luongo? one. Maybe one? No. Like they've always tried to be good they've this entire decade. Always tried to compete. Now, we all knew it was coming. 2011 they won President's Trophy, they get all the way mm -hmm. to game 7. 2012, they win the President's Trophy, and, you know, people give them a lot of shit for that, but, I mean, the Kings ended up winning the Cup. 2013, they had that series against Calgary. I don't even remember who won. I think it was Calgary. Calgary won. That was Goudreau and Monaghan being, like, they, wasn't that their breakout? Uh, no. I think that was, was 20... That was the Cardiac Kids you're thinking of. Yeah. I think that was the first year of the rights, and that was a lot of fun. Okay. Um, I might be getting the timeline mixed up a little bit, but... As the can, so they're falling. They're falling. They're aging. They're aging. They're retooling, mm -hmm. rebuilding a little bit. It's not totally unexpected that they had a few bad seasons sure. since 2014-15. But no team has tried to compete and failed to do so as many times over the last seven, eight seasons as the Vancouver Canucks. The only team I was trying to think. Okay, who even comes close? Oh, Calgary. Mm -hmm. This country's had a tough time the last few years uh, with hockey, for God's sake. Mm -hmm. um, internationally, we've had some success. Men's, women's, that's been great. But in terms of NHL, NHL success, well. yeah. in, tens of, in terms of teams achieving their goal, you talked about the Leafs rebuild. They wanted to finish last, and by gum, they did. You talked about the Senators and their rebuild. I think we all agree it's going okay especially with the parameters that the Sens put around themselves. Mm -hmm. The Edmonton Oilers, they go out and they get Connor McDavid. They had a few bad by accident years too, but I don't think a year has gone by out of the last two or three where we would say, yeah, I could see them making noise. Who has been bad by accident more than the Jim Benning's Vancouver Canucks? No one, not one, not one team in the National Hockey League. No, not even Buffalo. I hear you. No, not even Buffalo. Because Buffalo didn't have expectations. Like from 14, 15, when they started tearing it down, they started tearing it down. 
They just never built it back up again. Yeah, the main criticism of Buffalo isn't necessarily bad by accident. It's didn't try. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. this year they're trying even less, mm-hmm. which is fine. You know, you got to do what you got to do to rebuild. But the Canucks, every time they're bad, which is often, it's a surprise. And for him, after all this time, to get up in front of the media and be like, I don't have any answers, that's not acceptable. You're done. Like, Jim Benning is currently in title the general manager of the Vancouver Canucks. He collects a paycheck from the Vancouver Canucks. But as long as that's his answer, he's not the GM of that team. I would argue he hasn't been the GM of the team for at least a year. He just still keeps to make moves and stuff. Which which is why I'm done being mean to Jim Benning, and we all should be. This is squarely on the shoulders of the Aquilinis. It's your fault. It's been the same dude in charge forever. He's given you nothing in terms of results. Mm-hmm. Nothing. You want a series in a year where you shouldn't have even been in it, right? That's it over his tenure. That's all he's given you. He is what he is. It's like uh, screaming about first-line center Tyler Bozak. Well, it's not like he applied. It's not like he handed in a resume with a cover letter, the first-line center, please. It's He became the face of it, but who was behind it? It was Randy Carlisle. Mm-hmm. Stop putting him in this role. He's not meant for it. And stop hating Grabowski for no reason. Yes! <laughs> That too. Leave it to a Leaf fan to make it about the Leafs. But Jim Benning has shown time and time again, maybe not the guy for this role here. It's the Aquilinis. They wear it. They wear the entire thing. And I'm done being mean to him because it's not his fault. Let me let me on, <laughs> let me jump on that. Okay. Elliot Friedman in 32 Thoughts. The best predictor of future behavior is past behavior. Under Aquilini ownership, a top-level management change isn't made without a ready replacement. Dave Notice to Mike Gillis. Mike Gillis to Trevor Linden. The Canucks haven't had an in-season coaching change since Mark Crawford replaced Mike Keenan at the 1999 All-Star Weekend. You're joking. Wow. Several of our Vancouver-based Sportsnet compatriots, with much better grasps of the market than me, are saying they believe fan reaction during Wednesday's return versus Colorado, where they chanted fire demanding, by the way, uh, could determine the course of action. That's insane. Certainly a catering to ticket sales affects change, but base moves on one night's festivities is an awful process and doomed to fail. Now, Elliot, I have to say, <laughs> it's not the game where they're booing him. It's the eight years of resume he built up to get to the game. No, no, but here... I think Elliot and you agree uh, on something fundamentally here. Tell me. Um, You're both agreeing that this team is boned. Right. They're super screwed. The point Elliot is making is there's, uh, to me, the point that I think he's making is they made their bed during the offseason. They let him run the offseason. They let him go into this season as a general manager. It's too late. It's too late to make a move. Right. Well, I don't think that. So I I did jump a couple paragraphs there. But the reason I I wanted to include that second paragraph, you know, uh, and Elliot's awesome. I'm not trying to take shots at Elliot. But but here's the thing. You know, you've got um, I I get what Elliot's saying. If you base it on that one Wednesday night and go, well, we got to fire him because the fans hate him now. Like, that 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 shows the flaw in leadership because you didn't fire him before this. A little yeah. bit that it got like, to this point. A little bit like Brian Burke with Ron Wilson. Yes, yeah. where he 
the fans basically fired him in one evening and Brian Burke said that's enough. The Aquilinis have to be making this decision through thinking about it and seeing the track record, not, hey, now that the fans are angry, yeah. we make a move. And that, that's, I believe, is what Elliot is saying. Yeah, that, However, that's for anybody that too. takes it any other way, I believe what we're trying to say here is there was a resume. And by the way, Canucks fans went to the wall for Benning. I have been on this show. We've done this show for eight You're years. You're absolutely right. And since Jim Benning took over, we have criticized and we have criticized and we've been like, oh, you drafted well. Holy shit, that's a terrible free agency signing do you know how many tweets i got when jay beagle scored an overtime winner in the playoffs in the bubble they're like ah fuck you you don't know what the fuck you're talking about well who was he traded for what's happened since and then what happened i kept telling you how long have i been saying jim benning put down the phone on july 1st please god you're doing you're wrecking the good thing that you've created and here we are and according to sport logic and this is again in 32 thoughts uh by the way 32 thoughts this week was a banger Pedersen is tied for sixth in the league. By the way, this is Pedersen is a part of the. He's been really what's happening struggling. here. Mm-hmm. Pedersen is tied for sixth in the league in cycle chances with twenty eight. Other than that, he is a stunning non-factor. Two seasons ago, he had twenty four goals in the slot in sixty eight games. This year, he's got zero in sixteen. He's simply too good for that. It's not solely on one player, but his descent from the usual eliteness torpedoes Vancouver's attack, and that's true. Now, I want to read what the Canucks Army had to say on the Jim Benning thing because there's a nice little paragraph. Okay, just there. on the Pedersen thing, like that's that's unacceptable for, for somebody who has the talent to be um, a, a, a top 10 player in the NHL. Easily. And I don't know if that's on Travis Green or if that's in his head or Maybe what they need to do. Maybe he signed a new big extension and he's feeling it a little bit. Yeah, but he didn't have a great year last year. Well, he's injured all injured. last yeah, year. That's, but that's the thing, It's right? just that needs to turn around because it's all there and he's going to eventually get it and it's on them to get it out of him. I think we all agree they're maybe not great, but they're too good for this. Yeah. Sure. So Jim Benning and the, the the headline on everything was I could never have foreseen a start like this and everybody else is saying that's we the, could. That's the problem. And the Canucks Army rightly point out that the Canucks themselves in management have no problem removing people that are dissenting voices. This has been one of the problems of this management. Yeah, or fans, or paying fans. Well, that too. But I. But when we're talking just about a great leadership group is going to disagree with each other. You know, heck, we disagree with each other on things yeah. all the time. Yeah. It's, it can be, it's always respectful. But if you can't disagree and have dissenting opinions, how could you possibly pretend to have a, a, an opinion worth having. An opinion worth having is one that can be challenged and one that can be defended. And it looks like the Canucks have turned their management office into an echo chamber. So um, here's what the Canucks army had to say. The Vancouver Canucks, who are bad, are only learning now that they are bad. So bad that their GM, Jim Benning, decided to do a press conference to talk about it. In his press conference... He didn't decide to do this shit. <laughs> he gave a weak admission of responsibility, deflecting attention to major flooding going on in Vancouver. We will play that clip in a minute. Oh. Why oh. bring that up in the middle of a question and not... Or in the middle of a question and not at the beginning? Benning then pointed the fingers at his stars, saying Pedersen was not playing well, and that's the reason the team sucks, while defending his costly... costly offseason acquisitions of Oliver Ekman Larson and Tucker Pullman who have made a bad Canucks defense somehow even worse this year now he did speak to the media <laughs> what I loved about it he's like we better start stringing some wins together or or we're going to be out of it or to get back in it and I'm, and I'm thinking and this is this goes back to what Steve was saying earlier it's mean don't put him in front of a microphone stop but if you can't be in front of a microphone you can't be a general manager in the National Hockey League I I've said it for years I think he'd be a fine AGM. Most people aren't. 
I think he'd be yeah he's he's very good at drafting there's no question here's here's the or he's good enough yeah. at drafting now very I know good. let me read the quote he here. was an AGM in Boston when they did the Tyler Sagan trade I know Ooh, I know yeah. but but He's done some good things. I'm not saying he's maybe at one point garbage. he would have been a good general manager. Oh, uh, also, Asia. Tyler Sagan. No, I look back at that deal a little differently. Oh well, we can talk about that. <laughs> okay. uh, you might have a point. The moves we made this summer, I would never have envisioned we got off to this start, but we have, and we have to deal with it and figure it out. Jim Benning said last year, and Jesse, this is the first clip I'd like you to bring up, if that's okay. Yeah, you want to play it? About 30 seconds in. Mm-hmm. It's a Twitter video. So you can run it on uh, on thing if you want to. Diplomat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So about 30 seconds in, they ask him about a quote where yes, last year he said they're about two years away from being truly competitive and what he thinks about that now. This is from Twitter back, user Quadrat. Back in the right direction, winning hockey games, and, you know, hopefully compete for a playoff spot. Last year, you said you felt you were two years away from being really competitive. Do you feel now it's one year away or is that timeline changed? Well, I, you know... I'm not going to comment on that right now with with where we're at. We got to just figure out, you know, how our penalty kill can be better, how we can, our best players can perform better, how, you know, we're a fragile team right now, how we can work through that, be mentally tougher. Um, Those are the issues that we're dealing with right now. It's mean. It's mean. That's a good question. It is a good question. Oh, it's a fantastic question. And, and his answer should have been no. Next question. Yeah, generally, okay, if someone refuses to answer your question, that, that doesn't mean it was a bad question. That's, um, that's a good one. Generally speaking, I thought the Canucks... The Canucks have a really... they. I think their fans are very tough on the team. Always. And the media who cover them can be. But generally speaking, I think they're one of the smarter cores of reporters in the league uh from ian mcintyre on uh, sportsnet.ca benny emerged from his tuesday summit with the aquilini ownership group with the family's apparent continued support for now when asked about it i'm not going to worry about that he said of his job security there will be an ownership decision that will be an ownership decision and if they get to the point where you know they don't feel like I'm doing a good job and I need to be replaced. They'll make that decision. Like I told you, I like this group. I like this group of players. I think along the way, what we tried to do is make sure that our younger players were surrounded with veteran players so they could learn from them. But now we've kind of handed it over to the younger group of players that we've drafted and developed. And with that responsibility comes a lot of pressure. Now we've got to work with these guys and get them to play to their potential so we can start winning. They're not doing it. But it's the right idea. Sure, it's the right idea. But here's the problem. (laughs) The veteran guys he replaced them with were too expensive and not good enough. Right? We know that. Number two, what I didn't like about that is the younger players are not responsible for eight pretty average at best, but mostly bad years. (laughs) What was Pedersen when uh, Benning got this job? Like 14? Yeah. Yeah. I don't like that he puts that on the young players. I know that Pedersen's not playing great, but let's say even he, even if he was, are the Canucks off to a great start? Can Still I, probably no. Can I, uh, I think I have a pretty good sense of smell. You know, when when uh, I walk into the kitchen and I smell something, I, I go, you know what? I know what's in the oven right now. Pizza? <laughs> Sometimes it's pizza, strong garlic. Can no, you smell what the Benning is cooking? No, it's not Benning who's cooking it. Pasta? Now wait. Hmm? So what we have here... Stroganoff? Is, is, uh, no, no, here, let me do it. Cake? <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Cupcakes? 
No, it's not fucking cupcakes, Jesse. <laughs> Let me do my bit. Baguettes. <laughs> so what I'm smelling is an an ownership who loves their guy, mm-hmm. and and they're okay with the job he's doing. And every July first, he goes out and he spends money that he shouldn't have. Any logical any uh, any logical NHL executive wouldn't do this. Wait a sec. This isn't a GM problem. This is an ownership problem. And this dude is getting John Ferguson Jr. I want to name more foods. <laughs> name another one. Name a fucking other one. I almost reached across the table, Jesse. I don't care that you're seven feet tall or whatever. Okay. I think Jim Benning is having done to him what MLSE did to John Ferguson Jr. in Toronto. I think he's a puppet. Mm-hmm. I think he's a GM in title only, and this is the Aquilini's because I was thinking about these moves, and I was thinking about like the goofy hockey tropes they're throwing out. And hey, Jim, on July first, put away your phone. On July first, I think most active GMs are actually owners. On July first, you spend money. Whose money? Jim digging through his couch cushions, digging under his car seat so that he can afford Tucker Pullman? No, it's the Aquilini's money. I think they're running this team and they're running it straight into the earth's crust. This is why I'm done being mean to Jim Benning and this whole fire Benning. Like, okay, if it's an echo chamber in there, not only is Benning gonna get fired, but they're poisoning the next candidate to be GM of this team. And also, who gives a shit who the next GM of this team is? It's Frank! It's the Aquilinis! That's why this team sucks. That's why nothing has changed, and that's why they're perfectly content with the fact that nothing has changed. How could these be... uh, How could these decisions possibly be bad? They're mine! That's why the Canucks stink. It's the owners, it's the owners, it's the owners. You know why you're pouting your lip at me, Adam? I made a great fucking point. I it's a bold statement. It's a bold statement based on the mountain of evidence in front of me. Every, every, um... Does, you saw the same man that I did. Does that look like a guy in charge? No. It sounds, it looks like a man who's, like, spinning, spiraling out. That's a man who goes into every meeting with the Aquilinis and goes, yes, dear. That's not Brian Burke who is happy to tell his boss to fuck off. Uh-huh. And I'm sure he had to countless times mm-hmm. in every market he's been in. That that dude hasn't made a decision for eight years. That's well, my opinion. But but the problem is, you know, that... Ownership? It, he's he's, he's oh, getting pinned else? with that. But, you know, but what I'll, to back Steve up, everything Cupcakes? I've ever heard about what it's like to work in an NHL friend office is that Croissants? ownerships... Uh, ownership does... I like it. <laughs> does interfere they'll sometimes you'll you'll hear stories and this happens all the time you'd be shocked oh yeah you have owners all the time go i like this guy how do we get him go get him my kid likes this guy get him for the third line you would be absolutely floored by how often that happens Mm -hmm. you'd be you'd honestly like you think that i'm fucking making this up man ask any reporter in the game Oh, the Trashers Off documentary the is tip of the iceberg. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So so here's... Benning went on to say that he's happy at least that 5-on-5, five five they're getting better. 
Oh, my own. See, this is where this is where I disagree with Steve, because Jim Benning doesn't have to say this. Like you're saying, don't be mean to Jim. It's not Jim's fault. Okay, well, Jim decided to be there. Jim doesn't have to be there. No one's twisting his arm to make millions of dollars. If he wants to be a, a couple million dollar pin cushion, that's fine. But he doesn't need to say this. Because this is not, this is, what is this answer? Here's the thing. What's this answer going to change? Is everybody going to go, you know what? He's right. Wait till I read it to you. I think five on five, we've really improved our chances against in our five on five play. But right now, our special teams is hurting us. Our power play, uh, we have the personnel, I believe, to have a real good power play. And for whatever reason, we're not performing on the power play. And then our penalty kill has really hurt us this year, as was in evidence in the game last night. They scored three power play goals, and that's the difference in the game. Now, here's 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 got the NHL's worst penalty kill. They're at a sixty point three percent. Their power play is ranked only only slightly higher at twenty seventh overall. Now, all of that is true. Jim's right, but everybody's like, "Yeah, Jim, we know." This is why I feel like I don't want anybody to be mean to somebody, but I don't believe that Jim Benning is not deserving of your criticism when you say stuff like that. He's trying to say, but, but, but. No, no, no. There's no but, but, buts right now. I think he's trying to justify moves. He's trying to, you ever try to defend a point that you never made? <laughs> That's what he sounds like. Well, and then. I'm on, to, and I'm then, on to something. And again, this is where I disagree with Steve. Because I do think this person, if you're put in this position, if you accept this position and continue to accept this position, remember, he never had to accept any, he never ex had to accept the job in the first place or any extensions that have been thrown at him afterwards. Jesse, can you queue up the, queue up the next clip about Abbotsford, please? I got it. You want me to play it? That would be do, great. Do you have Do you have the quote about right-handed centers? I don't have that. That's a bad one, too. We'll get to that. Oh. All right. Here's, uh, did Jim Benning just compare the abysmal Canucks start to what's going on in Abbotsford? Whose video is this? Uh, David Johnson. Okay. At it's, it's a press conference clip. Oh. But yeah, but also David, yeah. He tweeted it out. You know, it's hard. I'm not going to sit here and say it's not hard. It's really hard. But, you know, like what what's going on in BC right now with the people out in Abbotsford and, and the floods that they're dealing with, that's not easy either. So um, this is what we call life. You mentioned you asked you. So pause it there. So so so, just so you don't, in case you don't know. Oh God! There are biblical level floods happening in BC right now after, to the point where you can't get to Vancouver by road after catastrophic fires like a few months ago. Right, and there are fires starting because of the floods. You're joking? No. Oh my! You God. should have seen the, the pictures of Abbotsford. If you're on TikTok. You'll be able to see these videos that come up all the time. You cannot believe the level of water. It's crazy. And in the middle of that, in the city, essentially it's happening. Abbotsford's not that far. In within the, That's like Hamilton flooding. And a Toronto Maple Leaf general manager going, well, it's tough for them. And it's tough for me as the general manager of the Leafs when this team doesn't perform well. I think... That, you, no, no, no. Okay. <laughs> the point I'm trying to make here is you're saying... I'm done being mean to Jim. Fair. Done. We don't want to be mean to anyone. Yeah. But if you're if you're talking about being mean and criticizing and conflict, come on, you got to be better than that. Here's you here cannot. Are you that daft that you could make a remark like that and go, "Yep, this is the decision I wanted to make." And this is it to comes down to question, a couple things. Maybe 
It comes down to a couple things. He's not ready for this press conference because he doesn't have the right people around him and he's not equipped. So if you are not equipped, hire the people that are equipped to equip you. They do this with politicians all the time. Hey, you're gonna have a really tough fucking press conference because you did something shitty. So the press is gonna ask you a bunch of things. Let's go over your potential answers for that. That's what a PR team does. The Canucks have a PR account. Use your PR staff, come up with some generic answers, and don't say shit like that. I'm, it's just life. If Are they, you kidding? If they put the effort into this press conference that they did into confiscating signs at games, well, they, they would have nailed it. So the hilarious fan sign Steve is referencing is comes from at uh, small sample size. Uh, and he so funny. So I guess he had a folding <laughs> sign and he said, Finn, you're the best at winning. Finn being their mascot. And he folds it up and it says fire Benning. And they, Dude, it looks exactly like one of the signs I made for Leaf games when I was a kid. Like, and, it's really well done. It's really well done. And they took it away from him. Yeah, because you can't fire Benning. Benning did all the stuff I told him to do. That's bullshit. I own the team. Get out of my building. Give me that sign. Actually, never mind. Stay in the building, buy some popcorn, but give me that sign. Apparently, the entire section booed when they confiscated it. Yeah, because that's trash. That's and, garbage. And uh, Yerky21, creator of At Benning on Empty, uh, is the one that came up with the original, was the one that came up with the idea. Finn, you're the best at winning. <laughs> <laughs> It's so it's, it's so it's good. Really it's good. So, yo, man. so Vancouver Canucks. Yeah. Canucks, like, Canucks. They're ruthless. They're <laughs> it's just awesome. We should have on the hockey guy to get a sense of how it's oh, going. Oh yeah, there. I would love to yeah. know what he thinks. Uh. I would love because he's so balanced, <laughs> and it's like I don't even know how he he could be balanced about this. I would love to put that. Would be a test for him in a, in a fan base of people screaming it'd be interesting to get his calm mm -hmm. and they, they're really bad <laughs> he might he might just be like oh no i expected this you know and oh. then just be content with it because he'd be like yeah they're shit and i know it <sighs> so what was the betting quote if you can paraphrase about right-handed centers well basically so as 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 i understand it and i'm not obviously as tapped in on this team as i am on others but um supposedly part of their struggles on the penalty kill is they just don't have the right personnel and it was very obvious what personnel they needed and Travis Green supposedly said like be really nice to get a right-handed another right-handed center on the penalty kill and they don't have one like the problems with this team have been like firing green is going to do this nothing it's going to do nothing this is why i keep throwing it up to ownership Firing Green is going to do nothing. Firing Benning, I think, is going to do nothing. And the shame of it all is one of those two things could happen and the Canucks could go on a run and it would surprise nobody. But usually because they're too I, talented for this. You, yeah, because Pedersen is going to come back. Yes. Well, and, and just where they're at mentally. There was a clip I put in my Dang It's video yesterday of Brock Besser going slower than most people at a public skate on the back check. And it's the reason the puck went in. And it was in a game that was still winnable. They were losing, but it was winnable. Yep. There's just no effort there. Because they're, they're deflated. Man, watching Tucker Pullman uh, in the press conference yesterday and being like, oh, so we're just doing this. Like, you know, he just signed the biggest contract of his life, and it's probably the worst 20-game stretch, not even 20-game stretch he's ever seen. That's a tough intro, man. That's tough. It's not not fun. Um, Fridge then went on to say in 32 Thoughts, and this sort of wraps up our Canucks. 
If the Canucks do eventually consider changes, it comes at a time when organizations are extremely nervous about the challenges of properly vetting candidates for current or future openings. The consequences of failing to do so as well. Anaheim and Chicago absolutely cannot afford mistakes. The league office holds major influence in these decisions, which is weird, by the way. I thought that sentence was weird. We can come back to that. And I'm not sure that's going to change much. But I can see more and more teams turning to outside, outside entities in search of fresh perspectives or to make sure they aren't missing anything. And it's extremely common outside the NHL and inevitable within. Because here's the thing. The NHL has been one gigantic ping pong game, like, uh, sorry, ping, pinball game when, when it comes to management, right? If oh, you're fired somewhere, you get picked up somewhere else. It's once, like 45 dudes for 32 jobs. Yeah, if you're in, you're in. And um, what's been interesting is teams are actually nervous about this. And by the way, when you're hiring for, for a position, usually that's par for the course. And Elliot says that. It's extremely common outside the NHL literally to vet people. <laughs> and, and I want to remind you too, the Leafs are not off the hook on this one. Dusty Emo. That's one of the first moves, if not the first move, the Marley's GM made. I can't even remember his name. And I heard through the vine that Dubas was furious. Well, because mm-hmm. like, what? Do, how many people listening to the show have scrubbed or locked their Twitter account before going for a job interview? Because you don't want a potential employer to see your shit posts <laughs> or your fan fix or <laughs> all this all the stupid shit you put on social media because it's supposed to be fun in general. Yep. Like, they didn't even do that, right? It's it's not a, a, you know, Vancouver does this and no one else thing. That's so basic. That's such a basic thing. You don't, you don't take a gander? Hey, man, what's your Twitter? Get real. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not... Can you read the quote again? Or at very least uh, the I'll first read, half? I'll read the, the first half. If the Canucks do eventually consider any changes, it comes at a time when organizations are extremely nervous about the challenges of properly vetting candidates for current or future openings and the consequences of failing to do so. Anaheim and Chicago absolutely cannot afford mistakes. The league office holds major influence in these decisions. And I'm not sure that's going to change much, but I can see more and more teams turning to outside entities. What does that mean? It means that, and we've seen this... You read the Brian Burke book. For God's sakes, people, read the book. There's an audio book. There's an audio book, and it's him doing it. Oh, great. And I'm Brian Burke. In it, you get a sense of, oh, well, I talked to Gary, and I said, what job is there? Like, there is, not not necessarily just like that. I am, I'm kind of dramatizing that. But there is a sense that I've seen in the NHL that all front office hires, they all kind of call the head office and go, hey, who do you recommend? Like Gary and Bill, who do you recommend? And I, I, I have sort of run that about, and they do have influence, guys. Like, I don't think people realize how much influence the head office has in managerial decisions. That's one of the most disheartening, depressing things I've ever heard about. Given what we saw a couple weeks ago based on the press conference after Kyle Beach, yeah. Hmm. And, and the idea that billion-dollar organizations are only now going, you know, maybe we ought to... Maybe we ought to turn this over to a service that properly vets people. Maybe we ought to hire someone so that the person we hire doesn't have any racist tweets in their past or, you know. What a gaggle of doddering assholes. Like, are you serious? Dude. Are you fucking out of your... Dude. Like, it's 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 everybody, though. Why it's do, everybody. Why do we show up at our jobs and try? Like, if the, this is... 
These are successful people. Because before Steve, before the only thing that mattered was that they were good hockey people. Good hockey men. Remember? I asked 200 hockey men. Good hockey men. Well, what does that mean? Does that mean you can you be a good hockey man and a shitty person? Apparently you can. I think that I think good hockey man means generally jovial after five pints. What do you think it means? Like fun in the dressing room always has tape? Like what the what does it mean? I think it means that they're good to deal with if they see you as someone on their level. Holy mother of God. Anyway. Just thought, Jeff, did someone make a fun TikTok we can talk about? Or <laughs> holy shit! <laughs> well, that's horrible. Um, uh, uh, it's pretty bad. Um, but why doesn't anything change? <laughs> hey, uh, uh, so same guy's been in charge since 1993, and that's the way he runs things. I listen, wonder why nothing changes. Guys, the Leafs have won five straight. Morgan Riley scored in three straight games. Hey, that's pretty cool. We like that. Hooray! And are you guys now? Listen, I've been beating this drum for a while now. Are you going to tell me that after the Vancouver Canucks dis- discussion we had, that Jack Campbell is not going to be on Team USA and Thatcher Demko is? Are we really going to talk about th- this guy's a Vesna candidate already, and we're gonna we're actually going to discount Jack Campbell's season for Team USA, what it's going to bring to Team USA because Thatcher Demko is a guy who played before. Uh, in a in a tournament where you're allowed to have a list of 55 guys, Team USA would be ridiculous to not at least have Jack Campbell on the list. But you can't have 55 guys going over there. No. No, no. He's going to make no, that list. He's got yeah. to be on. Yeah, of course he can make Everybody's that Everybody's on that no, list. No, I'm he, on that list. He has to be on that team. No, and at he some point. He must be on that team. At some point during the process, and only USA Hockey would know the answer to this, at some point, 55 is going to become 50, and then 45, and then 40. And I'm very curious to see how long Jack Campbell sticks around, because maybe he should make the 23. Maybe? Yeah. It's starting to look maybe? like he should. It's starting to look like he should. Absolutely. As much as we want Campbell on it, it might not even be Demko. It's Hellebuck, Gibson is your one-two. The third slot goes to Spencer Knight. And Gibson's having a good year. Yeah, I don't I don't know how Campbell breaks through that top three. Because he's a Vesna candidate and he's got the top save percentage in the NHL. Uh, Hellebuck's a tough one to overcome. Yeah, he's not. If, gonna, if I'm Hellebuck's Campbell, the starter, no matter what. I don't care if, if if Campbell's undefeated till the Olympics. Gibson, it's not happening. Gibson, and this is a this is a big factor with Hockey Canada too. I'm pretty sure Gibson is very often on Team USA at the World Hockey Championship. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal. And then there's the kid, and it makes sense to have the kid in the third role. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, okay, Jack Campbell right now is like a, a 9:45. Yeah, something stupid. He would have to be that after Christmas to make this team. I agree with you that he's an Olympic-level goalie. He's an Olympic-level goalie, especially the way he's playing right now. Mm-hmm. But this if, is we just talked about how stuck in their ways hockey people are. Yeah. That's what they're doing. Well, here's, here's what I'm going to if, if he doesn't make Team USA, I hope he pulls a reverse Brett Hall, gives up his citizenship, and applies <laughs> for Canadian. Because I would sure love him on Team Canada. And he might be the starter on Team Canada, honestly. Yeah, but I, I, he's I, too nice to kick up a stink. No, and he, he would call it kicking up a stink. I don't want to kick kick up a stink, guys. But after the after the um, the game yesterday, when they were like, "Hey, how do you feel about Morgan Riley?" He's like, "Man, he's like, smiling. He's like, he's one of one. <laughs> like he's the only Morgan Riley there is, and we got him. Like, yeah, <laughs> like what a great I dude. Him. I love him. that. Should, yeah. That's Captain America for you. Come on now. United States of America would fall in love with Jack Campbell if if he, if he was playing any other sport, he'd be an absolute freaking superstar. 
in because, some ways we underrate what he's doing oh like it's, it's unbelievable the streak he's had on if you count from since he started being the full-time starter for the Leafs oh. until this very moment his record it's like 17 one of, and three and the save percentage is one of the greatest runs a goalie's had in the last like half decade this like, is you're counting some Vasilevsky seasons in there he's up there with the Hellebuck season when Hellebuck was unbelievable uh, so some people made fun of us for having the Jack Campbell top 10 Leaf goalie discussion, I don't know. which which was weird because Adam asked the question and then Jesse and I both went, well, no, but so but you read the title. <laughs> so get your lulls. But he's on pace to definitely be that. Yeah. Um. Oh, I'm on the wrong website. Jesus. Oh, so, so his record is by math uh, 30. So he just got his 30th Leaf win. <laughs> Stop it. How many losses? 38 and 4. Right. That's unbelievable. Holy oh, shit. That's a great run. No, but no, but not Team USA. But there's three And he's goalies. a 944. I said 945. I'm sorry. Yeah, there's three goalies probably ahead of him on the list. Maybe four if you put Depco, but probably not. Thanks, that is so Justice stupid. for Jack. I'm starting the hashtag. Wow. We're going to sell t-shirts in the store and I want an American flag on it. And you're only freedom for Jack. You're only fired freedom. up about this because you have Team USA winning the Olympics. Well, yeah, because I want them to... Well, yeah. I took the field. <laughs> you piece of shit. People were like, people were like, where's your patriotism? I'm like, obviously I'm cheering for Canada, but yeah. it's a smart bet. Is it, but is it obvious? You know as a better that yeah. that's a good bet. It's a very good bet. Thank you. Uh, but I... Because I'm not a Judas, I would not bet against <laughs> Team Canada. I took Team Canada. On this I don't bet. appreciate that. So, Adam, if you want to get tried for treason, keep 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 up your ways. Steve been... washes his hands of it because that's biblical. <laughs> forget, wow, forget. Um, as the leaf or as a leaf, he's been spectacular his whole NHL career. He played one game. <laughs> oh, you're still looking at Jack, dude. I, well, because I can't believe it. Yeah. He played one game with the Dallas Stars that went really poorly in 13-14. That's how long his uh, journey's been. Uh, he had a 20-minute appearance with the Kings in 16-17. Then the journey really begins. He's in 9-24 in five games with the Kings. The next season, he's in 9-28 in 31 games. Then he's a 900 goalie in 20 games with the Kings, who were really bad. Um, and... Uh, since coming over to the Leafs, he's a uh, like a 980 or something. I didn't do all the calculations. He's since he became an NHL regular, he's been lights out. Mm -hmm. Ever since he's joined the Leafs, he's been. It's such a shame because. And by the way, when he was down for the, yeah that 32 game season in LA when they sucked, yeah, he was great. I don't know, guys. He um, starting goalie for the Leafs. If you're great, that's the expectation. If you're anything less <laughs> than so that, true. if you're anything less than that, you're garbage. Do you know how great you have to be to be appreciated? Like we have Fre had some good goalies. Frederick Anderson, the moment he fell off, we were like, "Go fuck yourself." Yep. Yo, but when he fell off, he fell off. He fell off he wasn't, really wasn't, hard. He wasn't like Felix Potvin who got a little worse. Felix Potvin got a little worse, and then they signed Cucho. We know that. I Fight know. me. I know. Just, but and Freddy, they made the best trade in Leafs history and got a got Berard for him. Freddie anyway. fell off because half of because of injuries. Yep. And it was also in a pandemic season. And it was for like, I don't know, 40 games. And then he just never got the job back. Yeah. He didn't fall off like off of Mount Everest. You know, like we knew why he Mount wasn't Frederist. performing. <laughs> and right. like 
a lot of I've seen a lot of people like point out his numbers with the hurricanes and they go, ha ha. It's a shitty joke, Adam. And they go, <laughs> they go, yeah, no, Fred, Fred, Frederist, Frederist, Mount Frederist, Frederist, he's tall and he's very tall. How tall is croissants? Anderson. Cupcakes, <laughs> muffins, continue, continue, continue. Um, I don't even remember what I was well, saying. Oh, hey, look how good he is with the hurricanes. And we were all like, yeah, we know. Yeah, we, mm. we've, he was that good with us. Well, well and it's the hurricanes. Oh yeah, they're fantastic. They're really good. I'm not taking anything away from Freddie, no. but like, okay, okay. They okay. look at the contract we gave Peter Morazic because of the 12 games he played with them. Should Andrew? I'm going to change this up. Should Andrew Mangiapane make the Canadian Olympic team? He's the only person on my fantasy team scoring, so yes. 14 points. He's got 12 goals and two assists in 17 games. Yeah, he's like, oh god, he's going to make the name. 55, but he's not going to make the team. He's like Brandon Peary. Unless you're, a <laughs> you know, who he reminds me of. Matt Bolesky. Oh, God. Yeah, tiny. He pocket Matt Bolesky. No, yeah, no. And I'm not saying yeah. he's he uh, he's better than Matt Bolesky, but the run he's on where Matt Bolesky just all of a sudden oh. scored a bunch of goals and Boston's like, here's five years. Hi, I'm, I'm Gordy Howe now. Yeah, and like, yeah. He just... It's like, it, it's a little bit like, whoa, this is one. Now, Matt Mangiapane's actually a very good player. I'm not trying to take that away from him. Please don't take that the wrong way, Flames fans. Okay, I'm just going to do this quickly. Tell me who of these players you're going to kick off for Andrew Mangiapane, Okay. Connor McDavid, nope. Sidney Crosby, Nathan McKinnon, Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand, Mark Stone, Mitch Marner, Sean Couturier, Ryan O'Reilly, Braden Point, Steven Stamkos, John Tavares, Jonathan Huberto, Zach Hyman, Mark Shifley, Matthew Barzal, Taylor Hall. Who are you kicking off? No, we're good. The answer to that is gun to my head. Laser pointing at Earth. <laughs> I want eat some bread. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what Mangiapane means. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, no, all, all right, next Troy Terry's on the Olympic team. Well, he, he might. He might on the American one. Yeah, should probably. Yeah. But uh, the um, <laughs> that's a bad example. I'm sorry. <laughs> CJ's been, been here's here's something that backs up your point completely, Adam. That's a really you're what you're you're right. Yeah, I thought something he, I no thought one he has ever can, said to me. I thought he was Canadian. You know what? My you bad. turned me I on, Frederick. It's a good joke. Thank you. And you should say it. Wow, compliments to me. You turned me around. It's <laughs> hilarious. Um, no, like, CJ has made several salient points on his show about mm -hmm. why Manjapani is a contender. He's had an extremely good start. Hockey Canada really likes him. He's a penalty killer, and that's important to them. But your argument is a list of two dozen superstars. <laughs> and I've got to say, it's better. Like, well, like, you can, some of those guys, okay, Marshan will kill penalties, Bergeron will kill penalties. Hyman, who has a pretty good chance of making it, can kill penalties, and I don't remember the other Guys, names. But clearly the answer is Taylor Hall, who's not even worth a first-round pick anymore. Taylor Hall was of Leaf the... Fans? Well, Anders Bjork make Team Sweden. I don't know. Taylor Hall was the list of three extra players I named, because I named 17 forwards. He's not even going to so, sniff at the team. Like, the, the Bjork he's not thing, even going to come close to the team. The Bjork thing just killed me, by the way. I just yeah. hope you know that. I oh. want to die right now. Yeah. Thank you. He's really good. Um, okay, so uh, so yeah, Manjipani probably not going to. No, but he's a great story. Let's say, let's say it's 30 games ending, he's got 30 goals, because he's close. Okay, let's say it's in January. You got you said so Jack Gretzky. Campbell in January. So he's, he's fifty and fifty. He's going fifty. He's Wayne Gretzky. He's gonna do fifty and thirty-seven. Let's fucking go, Majapati. If he is, is do you have to bring him in? Uh, if he's playing like this, you guys said that about Jack Campbell. If Majapati's doing this after January, yeah. Okay, if if Majapati is Wayne Gretzky, yes, he makes the team. Does that if that's the question, then yeah, it's a simple answer. I, 
I don't have enough time to look it up, but Steven Stamkos had like 20, 25 goals already by the time Canada rolled into the Vancouver Olympics. Mm-hmm. And Hockey Canada was like, that's great. Uh, you know, you'll have a great time watching from home. <laughs> they didn't care. Mm-hmm. They didn't care. So Manjapani, if he turns into Wayne Gretzky, maybe the 13th forward. Okay. All right. Um, also, Troy Terry is American. I, I knew that. that. I knew that. Oh, no. Troy Terry, who was once on the trade bait board, and I am sad. Let me <laughs> let me ask you a quick debate before we go to the press conference. Actually, a couple couple quick ones. First off, in Dallas, is Rick Bonus a huge dick? Is he is he uh, Texas's Babcock, or is he being an NHL coach? Yeah, so, so this what is happened? A, this is a tough one. So let me read. It's let me read. Let me one. read. Let me read, and sure. then we'll get to it, and mm-hmm. then and then you could tell me. So. Dallas Stars forward and Minnesota native Riley Tuft was scratched an hour before his game uh, after he'd spent all of his call-up money on tickets for his family, and Nick Bukestad actually helped him purchase tickets after he ran out of money. <coughs> so, that is not great. No, that sounds horrible. And as, but what's, what's the context? Well, as a Leaf fan, we hear that and we're like, that's exactly what Babcock did to Spezza, who got like 30 tickets for his friends and family to see him play with the Leafs, and then he's a healthy scratch in game one in, in place of Nick Shore. Extremely different context. We're talking about the first game of the season mm-hmm. versus t- game 20 and a team in absolute free fall. And we're talking about a guy <coughs> who's played something like 900 NHL games versus this guy who has played like, th- what was it, three? Nope, two. Two. He played his first game was last Saturday where he played four minutes and twenty five seconds, and then his second ever NHL game was on Tuesday where he played seven minutes and fifty seconds. And then what was it last night? He gets scratched. So let's say in twenty games the stars are I don't know, ten, eight, and two. Let's say they're ten, eight, and two. They're a little above five hundred. They're doing okay. Does Rick Bonus throw the kid a bone? And let him know ahead of time, kid. You're playing in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Tell your friends. Tell your family. You're gonna you're gonna be playing, and they'll get to watch you. They're not gonna watch you a ton, but you get to play. I think in normal circumstances, he and most coaches would do that. But like Rick Bonuses, the stars are so bad that they've already had a players only meeting. They got the John Boy treatment. You never want the John What's, Boy treatment. Can you tell me what that is? So John Boy <laughs> yeah. is a guy who mostly does baseball, and he lip reads amazingly. And he takes like umpires and batters, and he takes he just takes everyone in the baseball field. He reads their lips. He provides amazing context. He explains rules I never knew existed. He's one of my favorite sports personalities. YouTuber. YouTuber. And oh, and he was so amazing through the whole Astros thing. Oh yeah, wasn't he the guy that found it? Was he the guy that found no. it? No, not okay. found it, but he his videos were probably the most popular. Okay, right. So other people found it, exposed it. He got some video evidence, and you hear the bang bang, and it's one of the best sports YouTube accounts in the entire business. I just Fantastic to be sure for people that didn't. Yeah, know. yeah. Oh yeah. So he got the John Boy treatment, and Rick Bonus is just. Motherfuck! Like screaming at these guys in the bench. You're giving me fucking nothing, and where's the fucking fight? Where's the fucking fight? That was the quote. Um, the stars are in a bad, bad place right now, and he's not in a position to do charity work here. Now, if 
he gave this player the impression, hey, you're playing in Minnesota. If he told him that and pulled the rug, that's an asshole move. Well, here's what he said. Who, who's he? Rick bonus Lewis. or tough? He okay. said it was an assistant coach's uh, 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 assistant coach's decision. Um, so already he's we're just starting, and he threw someone else under the bus. All right. Well, that's what it is. Can I read the Can I read the whole thing? Oh yeah, give me the quote. Yeah, yeah. So um, this is it's like two paragraphs, but it's worth it. Uh, it's a big ask for him to go into a game like today. Uh, Kiwi sat a couple of games. Kiwi Ranta. Uh, uh, we wanted to get some speed and some energy for him, from him. Riley hasn't played very much. He's only played four minutes one night and seven minutes the last. That's a tough ask to put him in those situations. He'll be back in the league and we'll be back in there next time we come to Minnesota. At some point, he'll play here. Tonight, we wanted to put a little more speed in the lineup. And Kiwi sat out a couple. When I got to the rink tonight, the lineup changed. Riley was in as of this morning. When I got to the rink, Dave told me we had a couple of guys that we didn't expect to play to play. So we had to make a quick call there. Oh, so the stars who I guess have been banged up or had guys mm -hmm. on protocol had a couple guys who became available to them who previously weren't. After morning skate, Kiviranta's like, I can go tonight. And then now the lineup. That's that's real tuft on tuft. Yeah, uh, you know, the morning you're in the you're in the lineup. At, you're at morning skate. You make you get all these tickets, and then an hour before uh, game time comes around, and the coach is like, "Hey, you know, Kiwi can suit up. We're gonna put him in." What if no one's wrong? That's rough. What if no one's wrong? I think that's a, I'm. I gotta criticize Rick Bonus here because that's not a good way for a team that's struggling. All you're doing is you're hurting yourself with the guys in the room. Which yeah, which uh, you're already potentially losing. You need to yeah. feel good about something. So yeah. on that point, I agree. And the the, point, the issue I have is even if it was the assistant coach's ultimate, like, this is my recommendation, it's a recommendation. Because the assistant coach doesn't set the lineup card. Right. Mm -hmm. And and at the end of the day, Rick should have been like, yeah, falls to me. And I made that decision in, uh, in consultation with the assistant coach. What a strange... That was the first thing he mentioned, too. Yep. It was an assistant coach's decision. Which assistant coach? First of Dave. Who's Dave, Dave? Uh, Zeiss. Z-E-I-S. Forever just known as Dave. Dave Zeiss. 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 Maybe I'm saying that incorrectly. So now, I mean, forget losing the room, which it sounds like he already has. He's losing his staff. He's throwing Dave under the bus. Yeah, fucking Dave's like, yo, you asked for my recommendation, but this is your call. There's Dave's no situation like, where it's that guy's fault. You're Dave, his boss. Dave can't only make hot chicken. No. He's got to he's got to be assistant coach in the NHL I as well. Hot chicken try. is <laughs> unbelievable. You know what? Next week we'll order some. <gasps> uh, we'll order so some. I think that's on that's on bonus being a bad manager. You know, like you got to you got to understand personalities and sometimes just getting guys to like you means more than hey, we got the injured guys not injured. Just because the medical staff comes over to you and is like, Kiva Ranta can play tonight, doesn't mean you can't give them the extra day off because you've already committed to Tuft coming in the if lineup. I was, if Come I on. was a leader on that team, first off, I would pay pay the kid back for all the money that, like, oh. I would just, like, because those guys, like, Ben and Sagan make a lot of money. Yeah, why is it I'd be like, okay, let me, let me, uh, well, Bukestad does pretty well as think, well, but. I think he's another um, uh, Minnesota guy. But I would, I would just say, hey, listen, I'm going to give you that money back so you can take this because you're you know you're a fringe guy yeah. and you two, know why that 
money thing hits even more home for me hearing this story because of the damn agent provocateur podcast on tuesday where they explain that hey uh uh, three million dollars is actually like 800 grand so this kid who's making like a hundred grand the ahl or whatever gets called up for one game he's got to spend all these tickets he's making a normal guy's salary i i think it was the 24 7 series leafs red wings and there was a dinner and Jerry D'Amigo, who had just been called up, he was making like 70 G's in the American League. He lost the credit card game. Oh, gosh. Why was he even in the credit card game? <laughs> I, part of me. No. I was no. judging them. I was judging oh, the other players at the table. Uh, I'm like, that's bullshit. And they bullshit. made him pay, right? That's literally some guy paying. It's uh, the equivalent of some random off the street paying for dinner for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And that's, and, is that's what happened, right? Yes. Well, I, you know, did someone maybe step up right. afterward? I don't know. I don't know. You don't do that. That's and I shitty. mean, I'm sure he got a signing bonus, and but it's no, it's fucked up. It's fucked up. I would never go to dinner with those fuckers again. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I, Fuck you. I remember being like, that's really not cool. And that's really not. Cool. Uh, and so anyway, I I think that it made me like the team less. It's possible that Rick Boness and his assistant coach Dave, the Dave, the only mm-hmm. Dave, mm-hmm. has ever existed. Uh, it's possible that they made what they thought was the right lineup call. But at the end of the day, if this guy was an inconsequential player anyway, which it seems like he is, they're playing him like he is. Two games, he has 11 total minutes. <laughs> yeah, this guy doesn't matter much to the play. Yep. If you knew that, and that's that remains to be seen. Does, did he know that the, the, the guy was from there? Did he know the family was coming? Bukestad. The players need to step up and say, Rick, this is a wrong call. And, and Rick needs to, if he knows about that, needs to understand that it doesn't fucking matter anyway, man. Or also, <laughs> like, hey, listen, kid, we're going to play Minnesota again. We're Dallas. You know, I would I'd be curious to know how much wire crossing there yeah. was. Did any of the coaching staff know this was going to happen? Keep going. Oh, really? Keep, well, Rick Bonus's uh, Wikipedia page has been updated. Oh, no. <laughs> what did somebody do? Richard Gary Bonus, born January 25, 1955, as a Canadian who is familiar with ice hockey and an irredeemable piece of garbage after <laughs> scratching Riley Tufty at the last minute. He masquerades as the head coach for the Dallas Stars of the National Hockey League uh, and so on and so forth. Can I, That's, can I make my last point on please. why Rick is in the wrong here and looks like kind of an asshole? Mm-hmm. The team lost 7-2. Oh! Lost in all of this is the result of the damn game. They they went out and they laid a giant fat egg and they gave up and they allowed seven goals to the Minnesota Wild. The team didn't want to play and you made it worse. Yeah, but no, the fourth line had speed. You know what? I need to scratch that kid. You like, know what? We got Kivi in. That's what we needed. We yeah, needed we speed need, to lose by five goals. We could have lost by six goals. Had oh, been come on. I... This is a move I could have been sold on, but the more details you give me, no. Yeah. No. I was on the other side as well. I saw this story and my first reaction was, oh, it's fucking fourth liner who makes, who's playing four minutes. Who He's probably going to get scratched at any time now. But then when you, you dissect it, you're like, yeah. Rick, just do the right thing. Your team sucks and they lost 7-2. We got a lot of eyes on the Habs right now for how they're struggling. Game oh. over. Sweater. We got a lot of eyes on the Canucks for all the reasons that we listed earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, if there is a website to bet on which coach gets fired gets fired <laughs> first, eh, bonus, I like those odds. Mm-hmm. 
I like those odds, boy. That's uh, that's tough. We're gonna we're gonna not do the press conference today, if that's okay. Yeah, I I just got a a few things for the network. I just have one more thing that I'd like to mm-hmm. hockey related. To bring I have up. three more things. Okay, okay. then we'll do network muffins. Stuff. Okay, pineapples. Ian Mendez today, who we love, love Ian, love Ian. Nearly a decade ago, I asked if Daniel Alfredson would be kept out of the Hall of Fame because of a Toronto centric bias from voters. <laughs> After he was passed over again, I think we got our answer. But it's time for everyone to appreciate his greatness. Now, um, uh, this is an article in The Athletic titled, Enough Already, It's Time to Finally Put Daniel, Daniel Alfredson in the Hall of Fame. Here's, here's where I'm going to go with this. Ian Smart. And we should have Ian on to discuss this article because I think it's great. First sure. off, he knows all the Toronto fans are going to jump on this like flies on shit and they're going to spread the word. Fucking smart move, Ian. Well played. Mm-hmm. Number two. If it were, if that were actually true, Kevin Lowe would not be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> and 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 I think when you look at who went in, I think Ian's right. Like, I feel like there are certain people in the NHL that get into the Hall of Fame, not because they're great, only because they've just been around. And let me tell you this about Edmonton. It's not hard to be employed with the Oilers if you were a former Oiler, especially an 80s Oiler, mm-hmm. for a long time long long time and what i ask you and this is where i would like to pivot is i didn't want to make a big deal of it because i'm I'm not trying to poop all over someone's night but kevin lowe in my mind should not be in the hall of fame shouldn't even get a sniff he's got his rings yeah but was he was kevin lowe the guy no but what i'm saying is the rings are the recognition they should yeah the rings are the recognition yeah it's not not every player who wins a lot deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. And were you great while winning? And and not every person who's employed a lot in management deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Were you great by managing? He's in the Hall of Fame as a builder, correct? Not as a, not for his playing skill. What did he build? Is he? I, I I'm gonna triple check that. I'm pretty sure it's for his uh, contributions. <laughs> the the to 2006 the game run is that manager? Why? It makes more sense so, for him to be in as a player. So Dwayne Rollison put him in the Hall of Fame. Is that what we're saying? Because what did he build? No. Uh, building did is it because he built Rogers Arena? Was it part of that? Threatened to to move the team from Edmonton with Daryl Cates. Remember that happened? Remember they did that? Seattle. I do remember that. Let me let me go to an MLS. I'm sorry, game but like w- for some photos. Ian's right. Alfie should get in before Kevin Lowe. No question. Totally. I sorry, what I was looking for on my phone there was Scott Wheeler's response. Scott, who is Ian's coworker. Mm-hmm. Basically, there uh, there are very few members of the actual Hall of Fame committee who are Torontonian or have any involvement or uh, you know past or present with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Mm-hmm. And one of the guys from Toronto actually used to be Ottawa Senators head coach uh, Mike Murphy, I think it was. Oh, yeah. and the other Torontonians, Bob McKenzie. Um, I'd also like to say that Alexander McGillney, who is a former Leaf who has a thousand points is not in the Hall of Fame yet. It's hard to get into. Daniel Alfredson is in a really tough category of player uh, to get into the Hall of Fame. There are there were arguments against Paul Correa going in, you know? Just like there are arguments against McGillney going You're out in. Out of your minds with McGillney. You're out of your fucking and mind. And there are arguments Look ag- at the tape, him and Bure playing together. Are you kidding me? And uh, uh, this name is always unpopular in this conversation, but if you just look at hardware and numbers Theron Fleury's not in and I wrote about this years ago he and should be in. it's not the hockey hall of great people and or the hockey hall of I agree with everything he tweets 
Yeah. I mean, they're not flurry. the hockey hall of wonderful Twitter accounts. <laughs> yeah. They're in flurry That's went for through sure. a lot of shit too. Of you know, course. We must acknowledge that. It's, I don't agree with anything he tweets, but if we don't acknowledge what he went through and overcame mm-hmm. and performed like in his, in his career, I think we're also doing him a huge disservice. I, before I knew what his Twitter account was like, I wrote an article uh, defending his bid for the hall of fame. And throughout the process of writing that, I was convinced it was wrong. He's not in, you know, so there are lots of deserving people who should be in the hall of fame. And maybe Al- Alfie's one of them. Dave Anderchuk had to wait like 14 years to get yeah, in. So maybe mm-hmm. Alfie and he had 600 goals. Maybe Alfie's just got to wait. The, the f- hockey's 3000 hits to baseball comparable is 600 goals. And there was a time where only two, Sorry, three players who have ever scored 600 goals were not in the Hall of Fame. Two of them were still playing, so that's why they weren't in. And the other guy was Dave Anderchuk. And for over a decade, he had to wait to get in. And people went, well, it's because he played a lot. Isn't that part of it? That counts. It counts. Oh, we'll take the goals back then. Somebody made the argument too. What was it last year? Wasn't there a person that got in because he played a lot? And people were like, oh, he shouldn't get no, it. No, I think you're thinking of the all-time uh, games played record. Oh, oh that you're Marlo thinking, broke you're thinking of the Marlo. Yeah. We did that for like a month when people were just getting upset because he's not Gordy Howe because he just played on many he seasons. he played this much? He's only getting this way because he played this much. Yeah. And where's he on the list? Patrick Marlowe. Yeah. First ballot. That's where he should be. Mm. Uh, just Depends for correction, only Ken Holland went in as a builder. Kevin Lowe went in for his playing career. He is oh, not. Player a makes ho- a lot more sense than builder. Yes. He is okay. not a Hall of Fame hockey player. Flat out. And I don't mean, uh, that's not an insult to, to Kevin Lowe, but he's not a Hall of Fame hockey player. He's not. Not everybody on that Oilers team was. Is Glenn Anderson it? Uh, that's just, I, don't, I would put Glenn I don't Anderson in look. 40 fucking times before I'd put in Kevin Lowe, and I know they played different positions. Like, that's like, is Steve Smith in? The guy that accidentally the puck went off in 1985 and, and wrecked, <laughs> okay. wrecked their chances? And, like, no. Who are you talking about? Steve, no. Smith, Steve Smith was a, was a pretty big defense. No, no, that but that was, that was a dang it's video that we made early in the pandemic, and what I liked about that story, so he scores against his own team, fucks up their whole playoff. The next year, the Oilers win the cup. First guy Gretzky passes it to Steve Smith, which is awesome. Yeah, great, incredible story. story. Great story. But but uh, he is uh, Glenn Anderson is in the Hall good. of Fame, six time Cup winner. But this is this is the the, the point Just like here. Kevin Lowe. The point here mm. is that Ian's right, but Ian's also smart. And I just, as Toronto Maple Leaf fans, please don't bite down on the pill. Okay, when people throw that stuff out there, leave it. It's okay. Don't bite down on the pill. I would love, I also would like to have Ian on to discuss that because I think that would be a lot of fun. Ian's, a, Ian's got a great sense of humor. He's you don't know, you know. Yeah, Wasn't I know, he? but yeah, that yeah. one I would like to have. A hundred percent. Monday? Yeah, let's reach out to him. I'll, I'll reach out. Yeah, I think that'd be fun. Love Ian. Um, and uh, Jesse, you've got some network stuff before we wrap up. Yes. Um, next Friday is Black Friday. If you're not subscribed to our mailing list, every couple months, we send out like an email on the mailing list. And coming up for Black Friday, there's going to be a discount there. So uh, get on the mailing list. Get your discount for Black Friday because there's going to be some new merch. Also, a restock of uh, our trading cards, which does not include the discount. You don't get a discount on that because that's just for charity. Uh, the trading cards are going out What next do you mean week. I don't get 20% off for charity? <laughs> you don't get 20% off for charity. Thanks, Steve. Um, <laughs> so yeah. I always say direct quote. <laughs> 
quote. Sign up for our mailing list because we got some. We always send out updates every couple of months. We don't. We're not intrusive in your inbox. And yeah, Steve's gonna sign all these trading cards, and we're gonna have a little restock next Friday. If you want to pick one up and donate a hundred dollars to Sick Kids for a trading card, beautiful. Do it. Uh, don't forget to check out CJ's show, Game Over Montreal, which is season over Montreal at this point. And, uh, of course, AJ, that was Jesse's idea, by the way. I took that directly from Jesse, and he did, did that five games, and he was right. Did, I don't remember that. <laughs> you said you tweeted season over Montreal at, at did I? Berkshire. Yeah, okay. that was you. I don't remember that. Um, I'll take credit. And uh, <laughs> you know what? We should start selling season over Montreal. No, <laughs> that's mean. <laughs> but... Um, uh, Agent Provocateur is out If you didn't know already Frank Zecca The guy who manages Michael Phelps And Steph Curry's money Came on And you will be Enlightened and blown away By how little Take home pay Athletes actually get It's kind of shocking uh, The Chris Johnston show Pay attention When you listen to That damn show There are some There are some things Well also Oh C- my god CJ is not like me he doesn't go, wait till you get a load of this shit and take 45 minutes to get there. <laughs> he just goes, info, info, info. Delightful story. Info, info. It's a great show. By the way, Coburg Poppy got his Coburg mug. Uh, so he's very excited. You coming to a Cougars game? Yeah, we're we're gonna DM we're DMing with the Cougars right now. Company chopper, yeah, yeah company chopper, yeah. But we are gonna go, and we want people. To, Chris was texting me. He's like, "Do you think people like if we did a CJ show night at the Coburg Cougars? Do you think people would go?" I was Absolutely. like, "Yeah." I want CJ to drop the puck, else I'm not going. Yeah, you if know CJ what? doesn't drop the puck at the oh, game, then like it's not oh, worth it. He needs to drop the. Julian's got to come too. Well, of course. Yeah, yeah. Because apparently, I just learned today that there's a via rail stop in Coburg. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, so Julian, you didn't know that? no, I didn't. Oh, yeah. would, why would people know that, Adam? I would because I took a lot of Via Rail when I was growing up. Oh, okay. if I ever okay. wanted to go to Coburg, I'd drive. That's All right. why. So. Listen, we got to wrap it up. Love you. We will see you Monday. Have a fantastic weekend. Don't forget to check out all the amazing stuff on the STPN. Have a great weekend. There's there's a lot of music to go. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know why you're. I'm wrapping it up. You gotta like, you gotta no, keep talking. Listen to the fucking music. It's a it's a show. It is. It's it's good. Like I'm hyped. It's good music. Are you hyped? Well, I'm also sad because it's ending. Nah, we missed the post. <laughs> Fuck. No. Steve Dangle podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle at Adam W Y L D E and at Jesse Blake. Connection complete.